Decarbonizing the energy sector of modern day will be one of the most challenging obstacles of our time, but it will also present an opportunity for pioneers to achieve the impossible. Energy demand is increasing, and so is the need to produce that energy sustainably so we can reach our net zero goals. This is the Core Knowledge Podcast, where we sit down with the leaders and innovators in the geothermal energy space, tackling the challenges of modern day in order to make geothermal everywhere a reality for tomorrow. From shallow to deep, heat to electricity, and even healthcare to agriculture, we will bring to light the many benefits of geothermal. Join us as we journey across the globe to bring awareness to the heat beneath our feet in order to power the future. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Core Knowledge Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Sestari, and this is the show where we're on a quest to bring awareness to the heat beneath our feet in order to power the future. And thank you, everyone out there for the support over the last year and a half. It's truly been an honor and a privilege to bring these episodes to you uh, just every single time I sit down. I'm, I'm in awe of the amazing people and the innovation out there in the space of just the energy world, but also, of course, geothermal, which is what we're focused on. And so today, another just really uh, an episode that I've been looking forward to for a long time uh, as we kind of look at the space of energy transition um, and a lot of talk around equitable transition and just making sure we're utilizing our resources to the best of our abilities, truly beyond, obviously, just the electricity or power sector. There's so many more things underlying the actual energy transition and just enabling a sustainable future. And so I'm pleased and honored today to be sitting down with Arnie Anderson with Matorka. And we're going to be talking about some sustainable aquaculture, uh, utilizing geothermal and just the amazing story of what they're doing at their company um, and really how we can take some lessons from what they're doing and, and think about this in the larger scheme of the total energy transition across the world. So thank you, Arnie, for being here today. Uh, it's truly an honor and a pleasure to have you and, and uh, just grateful for you taking time to be here. Well, it's, it's uh, my pleasure, Nick. It's, it's, uh, I always enjoy uh, uh, talking about uh, Matorka and, and what we're uh, doing, uh, both for the seafood industry and, and for the environment. So it's just exciting uh, to be here and, and, and thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just to kick things off for the, the listeners, let's go ahead and just kind of give a background, uh, you know, your schooling history, your passions, kind of how you first came to be even interested in in sort of, you know, being in the, this space that Matorka is in, obviously, for, you know, sustainable aquaculture, but just in general, you know, being involved in anything related with, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just, it's always a fascinating thing. So let's dive right into it. Yeah, well, um, coincidentally, I, I went to to school in in Arizona, and uh, I was uh, I did my uh, degree there in in uh, international affairs and and uh, Japanese, and that sort of led me to a, a master's in economics in in Japan, and as any Icelander, I ended up in the uh, seafood industry, and um, after having done quite a bit of, of seafood uh, trading and aquaculture uh, uh, marketing into Japan. Uh, ended up living there for about 14 years. I uh, ended up uh, getting this uh, amazing opportunity with uh, Motorka to actually 
develop that uh, company and and get it uh, afoot with regards to producing Icelandic uh, Arctic char, but with a focus on uh, utilizing the Icelandic uh, resources that uh, are indeed, uh, of course, the the uh, amazing amount of of uh, the the best water in the world, which is. Uh, uh, filtered through lava rock. So as as perhaps uh, many in the audience uh, can appreciate, Iceland is a, is a very volcanic uh, island. And uh, lava rock is one of the things that you, you uh, cannot avoid uh, seeing in Iceland. It's all over the place. And uh, so I got this opportunity with Matorka to, to, uh, to actually... Uh, uh, help build up the company and uh, then take to market uh, the resulting product, the Arctic char, which is uh, relatively well known on the east coast of, of the United States as well as Canada and, and uh, large parts of Europe. So what we're doing is uh, producing this amazing fish in uh, quite unique uh, geological uh, uh, conditions in Iceland. Yeah, that's awesome. And so perfect, perfect lead in as if you read my mind of wanting to talk about it. You know, I've obviously read some and been following it. And I'm sure that, you know, for any of the audience who's been around long enough has seen maybe some of the posts on LinkedIn that I've, I've shared, but really would love to hear more on, on the process and what makes Motorka unique and how you, you're approaching the seafood industry and, and what specifically you know, was the goal that Maturka was birthed out of to really, you know, you know, engage the seafood industry in a different way? Yeah. So, like I said, I've, I've been in the seafood industry for uh, for many years. Uh, you know, time flies, and it's been been uh, yeah, twenty five years now in the seafood industry. But uh, the Maturka project, when that came along, it was it was quite unique and uh, very exciting. So what it is focused on is, is uh, uh, harnessing these elements of Icelandic nature and put them into, uh, into production. So as I mentioned earlier, the, the uh, significant amounts of, of fresh water we have. And then what we do is, is uh, we run the whole uh, fish farm on uh, geothermal energy. So all the electricity that the farm needs in order to pump water, which is actually quite energy uh, intensive, you you have to pump all the water out of the ground. And uh, all of this uh, energy use is actually taken from geothermal power. The ge- geothermal power plant is only about uh, five or six kilometers uh, away from the farm. So we're quite, quite lucky with, with that. And then... Uh, also, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the, the, the water is, is filtered, naturally filtered through the porous lava that surrounds the, the fish farm. So the, the lava, uh, lava beds of, of the Reykjanes Peninsula, where the, the uh, farm is located, have actually, uh, built, been built up through millennia and, uh, uh, so, so it's just one uh, lava layer after another. So it's all very porous, allowing the uh, 
North Atlantic to seep into the peninsula, as well as the the uh, precipitation uh, from above seeping into the peninsula. So what we are using is this uh, mix of fresh water and seawater that then uh, is uh, uh, pumped into the farm using the, the prior mentioned uh, geothermal energy. And then in this environment, we're, we're farming this, this fish uh, in a way that is uh, then uh, protecting the marine, marine environment by uh, having none of the fish uh, in the sea or threatening the the uh, marine environment that we all care so much about. Yeah, wow, that's truly intricate and, and fascinating. Obviously, knowing nothing about the seafood industry or fish farming myself, uh, just learning about, well, I mean, I think it's a, a great lesson in just how almost sometimes looking around at what you have, you know, at your disposal, you know, immediately natural resources that are kind of sitting there that normally maybe you don't think twice about or don't really even think anything of except how beautiful, right? Iceland's landscape's beautiful, the water's great, but it's uh, really fascinating to hear how Matorka's taken that and applied it to, you know, this fish farm. And so I, I guess aside from the, the geothermal more for a minute, more on just the fish farming, obviously not harming the marine environment, uh, is a big deal for sustainability. But, you know, is this something that Matorka is able to do year round that normally wouldn't be able to be done in another scenario or, you know, what, you know, uniqueness about what's uh, important about doing it in such a, you know, the land-based aquaculture versus doing it in any other, you know, type of method to get raised the Arctic char? Yeah, well, <clears throat> you know, the, the, uh, uh, there's always this concern about uh, fish escaping from fish farms and and uh, mixing with the with the uh, uh, wild populations. So that is a, that is one thing that we can we can avoid by doing all of this uh, on land. And then also we are able to uh, uh, clean the effluent from the farm and make sure that uh, we're not polluting uh, the sea. Uh, this is an ongoing project for us. It's uh, this will be fully implemented by the end of next year. But there, there are these certain environmental uh, positives about uh, farming the fish on land so that the, the sea can be uh, this uh, pristine environment that we all want it to be. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That, that's, uh, you know, it's something that I'm sure we are always conscious of, but probably even more so in just the, as we move forward and kind of becoming more sustainable in all of our different divisions of whether it's, you know, aquaculture, agriculture, any kind of you know industry that's producing a product, trying to figure out how we just create a more, almost a circular economy in the sense that everything is sort of a closed loop and controlled, uh, so, you know, being able to control everything and not contaminate the environment, which is, well, truly innovative and, and interesting um, and fascinating. I kind of want to, on the, you know, on the geothermal Heat, obviously, you're using it for the electricity. You know, if there wasn't obviously geothermal around, or let's say there is a resource that's nearby, you know, is it is it something that you know? How I mean, obviously, you just have to power it with, you know, I would call it. I'm not going to say dirty, but you know, fossil fuel based. You know, is is there other benefits, obviously, besides just the uh, obviously carbon, you know, footprint that you'd have from an energy usage? Is there heat that you can use from the geothermal as well for the the waters if you needed to? Uh, yes, indeed, Nick. That, that's a good point. Um, 
So because of the, the significant uh, geothermal uh, powers at work uh, under, the, uh, under our fish farm and, and on the Reykjanes Peninsula, um, the ambient temperature that uh, we are getting into the, the farm is actually higher than one, what you would say is normal. Okay. So our the water that we are drawing from these boreholes is actually about uh, two degrees, maybe even three degrees uh, warmer than than uh, other places of Iceland. So this uh, helps the fish uh, grow because uh, the the Arctic char and uh, as uh, most fish is is, uh, is a cold water a cold blooded animal. Okay. So the so the surrounding temperature actually controls the the uh, the, the rate of growth, and this is a, a key economic element when you're when you're uh, fish farming is is the how fast your your fish will grow. So so it's not only the the geothermal uh, power that we generate; it's also the ambient temperature of of the water that we're drawing in. So it's it's a uh, it, it is. It's indeed uh, a, a quite a unique sort of uh, environment that we have uh, been able to 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 draw on and, and and make this happen. And there are many benefits, but then again, there are also uh, you know we, we also have to deal with earthquakes. And and uh, just last year we had an eruption, which is only mm, yeah. uh, eight miles from our farm. Okay. So it has also cost us uh, some complications but um, but uh, overall it's 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 a it's an environment that if you're able to harness it to your benefit it can be economically very interesting as well as environmentally uh, very very uh, interesting environment to 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 work in and, and has a lot of positives yeah, no, that's, I mean, I'm glad I asked it just because more out of curiosity, I've always been curious of, you know, there are many ways that geothermal is being used on a cascading use case basis with agriculture or just, uh, you know, doing any dairy processing, fruit drying, there's, or coffee, you know, there's so many things that I've heard of in passing or just in my reading or even in interviews such as this that it can be used for that was curious because I know there are a lot of places in the world that obviously struggle with sustainable food production or just actually lack of access to food because of climate, you know, either it's too hot or it's too cold, or there's just, you know, maybe not the, the correct environment for growing crops or even if it is fish farming. So I asked that more and then kind of pose the question back to you in Matorka. Is this something that, you know, in areas that, because, you know, there's plenty of areas that maybe don't, aren't producing geothermal electricity, maybe with the temperatures they have, but uh, but have warm enough waters that they could pull out of the ground that could be, you know, ambient, you know, could be hot enough or warm enough to help with, you know, aquacultures. So is this something that Matorka is actively, you know, assisting others or exporting that knowledge or plans on doing anything outside of Iceland, more just out of curious for, you know, Matorka's vision and kind of plans on, on you know, how this plays out? Yeah, there has certainly been, uh, you know, uh, talk uh, of that within the company to, to uh, at some point, uh, take take the uh, company farther afield, even even internationally, to to new sites where where we could implement uh, this technology and uh, to other uh, parts of the world. But uh, uh, that that hasn't happened yet. We are still 
sort of uh, developing our own site. So it's it's, but it's certainly something that could be uh, uh, transferred uh, to to other parts of the world. Yeah, and, and it's uh, I think it's a, a an exciting area of of aquaculture. Because, uh, as you say, even just the ambient temperatures that uh, are coming out of the earth where, where there is geothermal heat can indeed be harnessed for aquaculture. But it has to be done in, in, uh, in the correct manner. You have to be, uh, of course, careful because uh, geothermal waters can have a lot of uh, minerals, uh, desirables and, and, and non-desirables. So you obviously have to be very careful about uh, doing uh, detailed analysis of, of any water that you're that you're drawing from such fields. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think it's a fascinating thing to think about just the you know innovation space of well the the concept of geothermal everywhere and sort of the new renaissance of geothermal that's kind of playing out in this you know in the time we're in of just people investigating new technologies for drilling, for accessing different resources. And really even in my talks that I've had previously on the show with uh, green by Iceland with not, and then uh, Lance Vitterkin I had on the show and just talking about obviously geothermal having been around for a while, it's not new to Iceland, but really have been encouraged by how even still there's a lot of just a culture of innovation and a culture of how do we, further use this resource and eliminate any possible waste or just temperature that's going back down hole without being used. And so I think, well, A, it's amazing to see what Matorka has done with it and the many other companies in Iceland that are thinking outside of the the box of just typical power and, and heat um, for homes or, or for the you know community. So I'm, I'm definitely interested in following along, obviously, as people figure out more and more ways to, to use the cascading uh, you know, of geothermal, but kind of back to the, you know, seafood market or just the importance for Iceland um, and what Matorka is doing. You know, I, obviously I'm not an expert in this. I know you mentioned it right off, off the bat that the seafood industry is, is big in Iceland is a very important industry. Um, you know, how, do, how does this maybe change the, the outlook for the seafood industry or just change kind of the dynamic of how it's done um, at home, even in Iceland, of you know being able to produce this sustainable Arctic char and this method that Matorka has you know invented and, and started deploying. Yeah, uh, the sea, as you say, the seafood uh, industry is important in Iceland, and and aquaculture is increasingly important in Iceland. Um, there's there's of course the the traditional uh, cage farming of of uh, using using uh, nets in in the sea. Um, but there's also these uh, more, let's call it more innovative uh, ways of, of farming fish that are starting to, to uh, uh, take foot in Iceland. Arctic char obviously being one of them. They're now also uh, doing similar things with uh, salmon farming on land. Okay. Uh, so uh, this will all contribute uh, to, to the food production of Iceland. Uh, because uh, there is obvious uh, uh, demand for seafood worldwide, the the wild catches of of the world have have been tapped out. There's there's no uh, scientific possibility to actually increase uh, wild catches uh, above mm. and beyond what it already is at. Okay. The only growth area in the world is aquaculture. Wow. So that is where you see a lot of 
a lot of uh, countries doing their part. Um, obviously, you have you have giants in the industry like like uh, China and and Norway and uh, Thailand and Chile uh, doing doing amazing things in in aquaculture. You could say maybe uh, somewhat uh, at least the bulk of it is you could say somewhat traditional. But there's also a lot of innovation in in aquaculture today, and uh, using geothermal energies is is uh, one area of the, of this innovation. So I think there's, uh, as you mentioned earlier, there's a, there are many ways to to harness geothermal energy. There's the traditional ways, but there's also a lot of things that probably haven't been developed, and I think the future is. Is, is very bright in, in terms of how this this uh, energy can be can be uh, harnessed for for things we still haven't thought of. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the exciting thing to think about is even ways to use uh, you know you know maybe even it's water that isn't from the geothermal, but then the heat's just surrounding the the farm and it's heating it. There's so many things that run through my mind, but it's uh, I think that's a uh, I didn't know that about just obviously the how important and increasingly important aquaculture is going to become. We all know that everybody like, well, we, we do spend a lot of time focusing on energy demand and the rising need for energy as developing countries grow. But I think one of the biggest gaps that's not often brought up sometimes is, is food production and, and access to food. And so I think these types of things such as Matorka is doing are, are increasingly important to figure out today and, and figure out ways to further expand and grow them um, just because it's obviously important for the home country, you know, Iceland, but also, you know, the global uh, picture. And so I'm assuming, you know, sort of following up on that, just one more question out of curiosity, maybe for the listeners is, you know, Iceland, it's been interesting in my talks with many people on the show that have, you know, grown up and worked and lived in Iceland, how, you know, not that long ago, Iceland was considered a developing country just in the sense of energy and access to having to import a lot of things. And so obviously that's advanced in incredible fashion and a lot of innovation, but specific to aquaculture and just fish farming and the seafood industry, you know, is this, has it helped aid also even just domestic demand for fish and, and for food, you know, and, and kind of allowing you to export more than having to import um, just for the, you know, the country's perspective? Well, the market in Iceland is, is very small. I mean, yeah. Population, so the demand in Iceland is is uh, you could say uh, for for if you want to build up a, a, an ambitious uh, large scale uh, aquaculture op- operation, then then the local demand will always be uh, be insignificant. But there is a there's a lot of uh, uh, appreciation for for uh, locally produced foods, whether it be uh, uh, aquaculture or or anything else. So I think. Uh, the the demand the, the the local demand is is healthy and and robust. Icelanders have uh, also a, a very uh, strong uh, demand for for the Arctic char. They appreciate this at, as their local fish, and uh, they they of course uh, frequently compare it to to salmon, but uh, they uh, basically always agree that that this is a superior product mm. uh, to the coveted salmon and uh and i encourage everybody to 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 try it if, if they can find it somewhere in their yeah. supermarkets because it is it is a very good fish and uh and it is uh very sustainable and and it's good for the environment 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, yeah, more more curious than anything of just thinking about future of, uh, you know, obviously domestic demand in places and, and the fact of how expensive it can be for some countries to import power. I mean, also food, it's, you know, no different. So thinking just about and being able to stamp the food saying this was sustainably produced well, in all aspects, I think that word sometimes, you know, it can mean one thing or the other. But, I, you know, hearing Matorka's story and innovation, this is it's not just sustainable because of the you know clean energy it's using and heat to power you know but it's the water is pure and and being you know purified i mean everything is just how you're doing the entire operation you're not harming the fish there's no it's all sustainable and so i think that's something that people really care about uh, especially in the food space uh, more and more um always have but it's becoming a big topic for having sustainable food so i think that's you know, a great, a great thing. Um, I, well, I guess for Matorka, I know I jumped ahead and asked about exporting your knowledge, but let's just bring it home and, and talk about Iceland and, and just general, you know, what are some of the, the biggest challenges that Matorka sees coming in the next five to 10 years uh, that you may have to face? And then what are some of the big goals um, for the company in the next, you know, five years? Yeah, well, uh, we are, our- what we are uh, working on right now is is uh, we're gearing up uh, to uh, raise more capital in order to double the farm because we have uh, current infrastructure to to uh, produce uh, three thousand tons, but uh, our licenses are much bigger than that. And and having been here at the uh, Barcelona Seafood Show, we can we can sense that that the, the demand is, is uh, going to outstrip our, our current uh, infrastructure. Okay. So, uh, so that would be, of course, a significant uh, project to, to uh, double the, the, the current infrastructure. And, uh, and of course, uh, alongside of that, there would be a lot of um, uh, uh, sales marketing effort of, of taking the, the product further afield. We're, we're experiencing a strong demand from from uh, places far afield, such as such as uh, Japan and and uh, Asia, um, Hong Kong, and and uh, and then of course uh, the American market and and the European markets are are very strong. So so this is essentially what we are going to focus on. We 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 firmly believe in in the in this uh, production model that we have. As well as the species that we're working with, the Arctic char, it's uh, uh, something that uh, our investors, uh, uh, Aquaspark, which is like a Dutch uh, impact uh, fund, okay. uh, also firmly believes in. So it's it's uh, it's just an overall very exciting project. Uh, you could say we're just getting started, and uh, but uh, it's it's. Um, yeah, we'll be just uh, working hard on this uh, every day for for, for the next few years. Because yeah. it is uh, one of these projects where it's not uh, nobody is is looking at this uh, as some sort of uh, one hit wonder or uh, or overnight success. I mean, this is just gonna t- this this is a long term project where where we we're aiming to to take uh, the production ultimately up to uh, ten or twenty thousand tons. Okay. Wow, which more more for perspective of of you know my own sake, and even just obviously, um, I'm sure some of the listeners are asking too that aren't familiar with fish farming or the seafood industry. And in a ton, when you say that, obviously that sounds like a lot of obviously it's a lot of fish. But what's 
you know, I guess in the commercial scale today in, in the non, non, you know, maybe in the traditional old style fish, you know, fish farming, what's kind of a large industry putting out, like kind of what is a large number? Uh, um, yeah, that's a good, good question because that comparison is, is necessary. But uh, for example, the salmon industry is, is doing uh, two and a half million tons. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so yeah. we're, we're still, we're, we're always going to be small uh, in that respect. But it's, uh, but it is, as you say, it is a lot of fish. It will feed a lot of people, and it will make its uh, own impact on on the, on the environment. And it's and it's, uh, but it will always be a sort of a gourmet uh, niche uh, product for yeah. high end uh, restaurants and and uh, uh, sellers such as uh, Fresh Direct or. Okay. You know those sort of uh, high-end supermarkets. Yeah, no, that's that's great. No, more so just per perspective on. Obviously, I know that the fish industry, seafood industry is large, but that's kind of a, a good perspective of obviously Matorka is not trying to take over the entire industry, but just kind of ten to twenty thousand tons. That's all. That's a lot, and that's a good percentage of of uh, you know what you guys would be putting out into the market for fish, and obviously providing jobs at home in, in Iceland and providing this lane, the learning and, and training and just the more exposure to, you know, sustainable aquaculture, I think is obviously a big, a big, you know, added benefit to what growing your, your fish farm and doubling, tripling the capacity, um, really could do for, for you guys. And I'm sure that's obviously on the, on the mind and on the radar as well, but that's, that's really, truly, a. I mean, I'm excited and I'm excited to watch. And um, honestly, I keep telling everyone that I have on the show that's from Iceland that I, I'm going to make it there one of these days because there's just too many things calling for me to, to visit. And I need to come see the the fish farm in action and actually see what that process even entails and, and how that, um, you know, what it what it looks like to have, a, a, you know, aquaculture being powered and heated by the local geothermal waters um, and power, which is truly Truly impressive. Um, so, well, yeah, absolutely. We're we're expecting you uh, in Iceland uh, sooner rather than later. Yes. No, I'll have to. Now, at this point, I have no excuses. So maybe in the next uh, two years, I'll be there. So no, no excuses. Um, but well, I think um, you know. Obviously, as I say to every single guest, time always flies by in a matter of three seconds when I'm I'm doing these shows because that's just the nature of it. I'm sure I could ask. 10 million more questions, but we'll save that for when I actually am in person at the the fish farm. But before I wrap it up and let, you know, you go and, and kind of close it out, I always ask every guest three uh, rapid fire questions at the end that are just the same across every episode. Uh, and the first one is what piece of advice that you would give to your younger self or to someone who's in university and maybe just doesn't know what they want to do uh, with their career moving forward? Um, but, uh, I'd quote your uh, countryman and, and, uh, say, uh, do the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's a good, I mean, that's, that's good. I think, uh, sometimes the right thing falls in your lap sometimes too, which is a funny, you know, funny, funny how it all works. Um, yeah. Oh, it's, uh, it's, uh, no, I think that's, uh, obviously I think that's the most important thing in Iceland and in, in, in the, in one's life is just to do the right thing and, and, uh, sort of. Make sure you don't do the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And just yeah, and just being curious and exploring—that's that's good. And then uh, across your 
time in in the industry and and just uh, as you've worked in in many different places, what's one memory or project or or thing that you look back on in your career with just fond memories of you know, and it can be current. There's nothing wrong with saying right now. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I'd say one of, one of the more memorable ones was uh, when COVID uh, mm-hmm. hit home. Um, obviously, we were all watching this on on uh, TV, uh, sort of how it uh, developed in China, and and uh, things where people weren't too worried. But uh, as we use uh, obviously very much global logistics, it was. It was uh, one of the more memorable things, and and you could say not in a good way, was when uh, when all flights were cut off to America from Europe. Mm. Yeah, that was uh, that was uh, I mean that, that that had a major impact on on our business and and uh, how it was developing at the time. So you know it it was. Uh, and I guess maybe a lot of people have a lot of memories from from COVID, so and and probably <laughs> a lot of bad memories. Yeah, but this was a shocker for me. Yeah, yeah. It was back in what was it, two thousand twenty-one, and it was uh, so. Yeah, we had to adapt and um, uh, to to a new world of logistics, and and uh, it was uh, and we persevered, but it was it was uh, it was uh, it was a big big uh talents to to sort of to work around yeah no absolutely and honestly it's great to great to see that you guys have persevered and made it because there's obviously a lot a lot of uh, companies and a lot of things that have been hampered and still and still are seeing the effects of some of that uh, you know supply logistics and supply chain issues so that's it's great that we're here and and you know, Matorka is on the, on the rise. And so the, the last uh, one we'll leave the listeners with is a book recommendation. Uh, it can be an all-time favorite recent read or, or just something that comes to top of mind. Yeah. Um, well, I'll recommend the, the book I'm, I'm, I'm reading right now. All right. This one here. It's uh, called uh, Reluctant right. Genius. Okay. It's the... Uh, it's the passionate life and inventive mind of Alexander Graham Bell. Oh wow! Okay, that sounds really fascinating. It's a it's a good book. Uh, got got a got a the Ottawa Book Awards. So it's okay, certainly uh, can very much uh, recommend that one. Okay, perfect. Well. Amazing. Well, thank you, Arnie, so much for your time and, and for giving us a little glimpse into Matorka and, and the uniqueness of what you guys are doing in the in the world of aquaculture and, and just how you guys are really, you know, innovating and, and changing the way we think about it and utilizing Ison's amazing resources and, and truly was an honor to to have you on today and, and just appreciative of, of your time um, and excited to follow along on Matorka's journey. Yeah, please do. And let me know when you're in Iceland and, and uh, we uh, we uh just appreciate the opportunity to have been uh, speaking with you and, and your uh, audience. So uh, thank you again and, and uh, hope to see you in Iceland soon. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope to find some Arctic char somewhere around here. I'm going to be on a hunt for finding it, uh, you know, here. I'm going to go on a hunt and find some. I'm sure Houston of all places would probably be somewhere that I could find it. I don't know. I don't know if that's a place you guys are going to yet or have plans to, but that's, well, uh, you know. yeah, but we are working on getting into uh, HEB. Okay. Uh, market. Wow. 
Perfect. It hasn't happened yet, but if they're listening, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll put a note in there. HB, if you guys are listening in, please uh, contact yeah. Arnie with Matorka. Let's get some Arctic char. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Well, thank you again, and and I'll definitely let you know when I'm there, as well as uh, encourage all the listeners to go uh, go check it out. Go if you haven't, go look at their website. Um, I know they've done some recent updates, and good luck in Barcelona and. Thank you guys for listening again. Please uh, subscribe and like uh, the show and share it with anyone you think might enjoy this content as well. And again, I've been your host, Nick Sestari, and this has been the show Core Knowledge Podcast, and we thank you guys for listening.